Super Talk Mississippi media production. Taylor Swift is coming to New Orleans, and Margaritaville Resort Biloxi and Super Talk are giving away a free pair of tickets. For your chance to win, go register now at Margaritaville Resort Biloxi and get your name in for the final drawing from Margaritaville and Super Talk 103.1. Celebrating the amazing people of coastal Mississippi and across this great state who are working hard to make this a great place to live, work, and play. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show where we celebrate the, the men and women who are making this amazing place. And I really do mean Mississippi for that matter. Uh, such a great place to live, work, and place. As I was uh, play, as I was uh, preparing for the show, I looked over at Kyle. We use uh, Skype to do the show, and I looked at him, and I thought to myself, "Man, I don't celebrate Kyle enough. He's an amazing supporter. We've had nearly 900 conversations together. What a gem of a dude that I have the opportunity to work with every day." Um, you can set your watch by Kyle, but uh, thank you, Kyle. I appreciate everything you do, my friend. You bet. No problem. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, I said, and Craig Ray, our next guest, I can see him celebrating. Before we move to Craig, and I'm really looking forward to the show today, Craig Ray, the executive director, former executive director for Visit Mississippi, and we'll talk more about what's next for him, and we'll look back on his tenure at Visit Mississippi. We'll get to that in just a second. I want to share, I actually came across this quote from Kevin Hart, the comedian, and if there's a theme for this show... It's it's this, because uh, I think about the time that I spend with Robbie D'Angelo talking about how to get your mind and body and how to think, you know, get your mental and physical health right. And I think about the work we're doing in the community to build great communities and the focus that I have on living in the moment. And uh, when you look at others, never assume you know what they're going through because we never know what people are going through in their lives. You know, there's a lot lot there. But here's, here's what Kevin Hart said. This is super simple, but it also is very true. He said this, when you look good, you feel good. When you feel good, you do good. When you do good, life is good. Isn't that true? I mean, we, you know, when we, we feel good inside and out, uh, you know, when we when we when we feel good about the the good deeds that we do, when all those things sort of come together in the moment, life is good, and uh, I, I love that part. I love I love actually when I hear from people that that share with me inspiration that they get from the guests here on this show and how it may have had changed sort of their trajectory. They're getting more involved in the community. They're more focused on on doing what's best for uh, them and their families. They're, they're, you know, they're exercising more, walking more, reading more. I don't know. It's great to see that though. When you do good, life is good. And one other I want to share with you, and this is a, this is actually kind of funny and it's so true. My buddy, Frank Willem, the uh, extremely successful entrepreneur who uh, retired here on in coast of Mississippi and has been involved in other businesses since he said, I don't care how old I get. I'm always going to stop the microwave at one second. I don't want to listen to all that hooting and hollering. You know, it's kind of funny, but I don't know. Are you the kind of person that stops the microwave at one second? I do. I'll stand there and wait for it to count down and see if I can hit that stop button just before the bell goes off. 
I don't know. What does that say about us? But uh, I certainly did relate to that. So now let's shift gears and move over to my friend Craig Ray. We have a lot to talk about, not the least of which, incidentally, is the Palmer Home Radiothon is tomorrow on the Super Talk Network, something we've been uh, very committed to for so many years. We'll remind you what Palmer Home is here in just a second. Then we'll look back on his time at Visit Mississippi, maybe even further back than that, for a matter of fact. Anyway, Craig Ray, thank you, my friend, for joining me this morning. Thank you, Ricky, as always, to have me and have me on the show and love to uh, share all the great times and things that we've been through over the years and love your show. By the way, I'm a big fan and listen and just love the different guests that you have and just the openness uh, that they share about Mississippi. I, I, I just love it. Yeah, Thanks well, thank me. thank you, man. I, I appreciate it. It's uh, it's good to get out. It's good to see you recently at the uh, Gaming Hall of Fame event. I'm sorry we didn't get a chance to chat afterwards. It well, was. I, uh, I tell you, that was Haley's night. That that was fun to be. Wasn't there it the great? Governor. Yeah, what a tribute to him and, and the other recipients as well. But it's fun to be there with a lot of old friends and employees and staff from the campaign and his administration and lobbyists and friends and Haley have just has so many people that have supported him over the years and um, just it was a wonderful evening good to see you too always good to have a good time at the bow as well <laughs> yeah the bow did a great job yeah the Engelstadt yeah. Family Foundation Bobby Moak um, Chavis Wetman I mean my yeah. goodness the 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 gaming Banker, the guy who took all the risk in the early days when it wasn't clear how yeah. this was going to all work out, and then of course Haley Barber, who you know he's a good friend and someone I had the opportunity to work so closely with not only not only after Katrina but before Katrina. I never will forget when he came to the first editorial board meeting we had when he was running for governor. It was, uh, you know, the entire editorial board was there, and many reporters were there. We had photographers there. And it was just an incredible conversation. We got a chance to see uh, Haley's mind in action as, as, we, as we covered a wide variety of subjects. And the way he remembered everybody's name in the room and the way he, you know, you know this, he's got a mind like a steel trap. He's an amazing yeah. guy. But I, I never will forget this. Um, at the end of the meeting... He said, he said, we started to kind of get up. And he said, if, if I can have your attention for one more second. And everybody's, you know, kind of halfway up at that point, you know. He looks at all of us. He looks around the room. And as he's, as he's you know, as he's glancing at every single eye in the room, he says, I want you to know that I really, really would appreciate your vote. And then it was kind of a, a slight pause. And then he looked at me dead in the eye across the table and he said, but I covet your edit, your, your endorsement, <laughs> but I covet your endorsement. I've never, I never had a candidate for running for office say that. And since then, I never had a candidate say that it was uh, it was just a compelling <laughs> moment. Needless to say, we endorsed him. Yeah. Yeah, it was a it was an incredible time, and then had the opportunity to write the forward to his book on Katrina. And what was interesting about the Hall of Fame, it was really, it wasn't just a look back at the beginning of gaming, but it tended, to, as I, th I would say, all comments tended to center around the post Katrina world and how the mm -hmm. community had to come together, and you know Bobby Mugg's role as the as the uh, gaming chairman for the uh, for the gaming committee in the House and. 
Chavez's work w- with the Governor's Commission, the, the Engelstadt Family um, fa- Foundation, what the what the IP did to reopen that casino so that even though they weren't an operating casino, the, you know, have the hotel open so that all these um, all these. Uh, these these organizations, nonprofits, and governmental entities that were involved in the recovery have had a place to stay, and we yeah. had a lot, so many meetings there because that's where so many people were. Right, you know? place to eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Alec Capri did the same thing. Alec Capri, in fact, five weeks after the storm, when the Alec Capri man, I mean, you remember? I mean, Alec Capri, the the casino was, you know, just wasn't didn't exist, and the. Um, but the but the uh, uh, hotel was still there, and we had the the governor's first governor's commission meeting, the charrettes, when we had a hundred architects and planners from around the world that came here, and uh, for a week, and they hosted that meeting. And gosh, man, it was just I, I can all these all those memories are so vivid to me. But but to see at the Hall of Fame. Uh, induction ceremony, how so many of the conversations centered around the incredible leadership that had to be provided to get us out of that mess. And man, no, no one, nobody shined more than Haley Barber in the wake of Katrina. Nobody. It was just, man, without him, we would have been toast. Wouldn't we have Craig? We wouldn't have had a chance. I mean, he, he was, he was our Messiah. He, he was uh, the leader that was meant to be and and he uh, you know the fact that he his presidential run didn't work out most of it i always firmly believe was the timing of katrina but it was meant for him to be there to get us out of this uh mess as you would say but yeah and we sure have well jerry nash uh worked with with uh, haley to write the book america's great storm and i get, had an opportunity to, to provide a lot of feedback with jerry uh, uh, and and content along the way and at the time i was the publisher of the times picayune so jerry would come over and visit with me in new orleans and uh, as the manuscript, as the chapters would get done, he would send me the chapters and we would, you know, I'd, I would just provide some feedback. He did such a great job working with Haley on this book. But what was interesting is I didn't know at the time, I, I never really fully comprehended how much work Haley did in Washington. I knew that he was going to Washington. And I knew that was important to, to what we were doing because in the wake of Hurricane Katrina, um, Mary Landrieu asked for, let's see, $250 billion for Louisiana without a plan to support it, and it created a chilling effect in Washington. And Haley had to work to sort of, you know, warm that up. And the work of the Governor's Commission was important because the, the data and the infrastructure needs and all the stuff that was coming out of that was feeding in to the information he was providing to Congress in order to sort of, you know, reset that. And, you know, the truth is his work not only enabled Mississippi to get tens of billions of dollars, but he also helped Louisiana by sort of recalibrating things. But the amount of time he spent in Washington and the work he did to get bipartisan support for for the recovery effort was just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Hey, listen, we'll continue this conversation with Craig Ray as we look back on his time at Visit Mississippi. Uh, what a great leader he is. He came for two years and ended up standing for staying for like 116. But we'll see you after this break with Craig Ray. We'll see you after this.
listen live or on demand and watch episodes of The Ricky Matthews Show on your laptop, desktop, or your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. His passion and love for coastal Mississippi is why he's here. This is The Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show and uh, a conversation we're having with my friend Craig Ray, who's the former executive director for Visit Mississippi. We're going to be looking back at his time at uh, Visit Mississippi. But anyway, we were we were just sort of talking about the Hall of Fame, the Gaming Hall of Fame uh, induction ceremony that he and I recently attended at the uh, Beau Rivage and what a celebration it was. But, you know, when when you and Haley Barber came together about your tenure at Visit Mississippi, you actually did just commit to two years, right? Is that is that was that the way that story goes? Yeah, uh, the governor had asked me to to stay and direct his inaugural ball and all the activities, which was a presidential inauguration, I might say, which I had worked on a presidential inauguration and it was at that level, and then after the inauguration which was uh, just glowing success, a lot of fun, great, great time for Haley and all of his supporters. And then he asked me to serve in his cabinet administration at, at a certain level, whatever I would like to do. And I, and I, and I chose uh, through my own research uh, that the director of tourism was a will and pleasure position and that I would fit in real well there for my travels working at the White House, had been all 82 counties with Haley, had worked for uh, the Reagan Bush campaign in, in Mississippi, had the old fourth and fifth districts. You know, I knew Mississippi, I knew travel, I knew world travel. I just thought it would be a good fit. And and Governor Barber, he said, well, well great, well, give, give me two years it stays as long as you want. So in my short-term mind, it was, I didn't really know. I still literally had all my belongings in Washington, D.C. <laughs> I had just moved down out of my suitcase to work on his campaign. And so uh, I committed. I, I moved back to Mississippi. Uh, I'd been away for years, um, and and I was all in. But in my mind, it was like two years. But then after working there with what a wonderful boss and Leland Speed and, and Haley Barber, my gosh, who, who wouldn't want to stay and work under that team? And, and then during in our first two years, we did so much. God, oh, my gosh, just in the first two years. And then, oh, by the way, Katrina hit. Yes. And we just everybody that was on a short fuse just to include Leland. Uh, just rolled up your sleeves and hitched up our britches, as the governor would say, and and we were in. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm staying. I want to help rebuild not only the coast but keep the state together. And we had had already started. We had already had our new brand, Birthplace of America's Music, and new songs. And you know, we were we were implementing the plan already. And and so yeah, I I, I wanted to stay. Uh, so I stayed for right at six years. Uh, with Haley. And then I, I came back uh, under Governor Bryant's invitation in his second term and led his administration at state tourism. Then Governor Reeves as well asked me to stay, and I've stayed with him for three years. So in, in total, um, 13 years um, as director of tourism for the state, for three governors, and uh, 
And then I was a lobbyist for four and a half years in between time. And we had the tourism account. So literally in tourism for the state, 18 years on a two-year promise. So, and I, I loved every minute of it. You know, uh, gosh, there's so much, so much there in what you were saying. Um, first of all, it, isn't it interesting that no matter where you were in the state, if you had a role in leadership or in government, that you tend to view your time as pre-Katrina and post-Katrina. That's right. Absolutely. And you, you you mentioned Leland Speed. I had the opportunity. I've had the opportunity more than once actually on this show to to, to uh, uh, be joined by uh, Stuart uh, Speed, mm-hmm. who is as you know a well a well healed developer and is involved in a project here at the corner of Forty Nine. Our 25th Avenue in 90 with Roy Anderson and Rick Carter to build a very significant mixed-use project, and in the in the context of of all of that, Stuart and I had a talk had an opportunity to chat about Leland, and I had the opportunity to work closely with Leland because, as you well know, Leland was seriously involved in the recovery effort. Yes, and. Um, you know, I learned a lot from him. What a what a wonderful visionary he was. But he, as the director of the MDA, um, he got recalibrated just like everybody else got recalibrated. And what he brought to the table was so much. Um, you know, he he'd been there, done that, and and made a fortune doing it. Was still giving back to the state. It's good to see people willing to do that, isn't it? Absolutely. What a what an honor it was to not just serve with with uh, Leland and then Grace Swope, who who was hired to to come in behind Leland and all the other the quality people people that Haley had hired or placed uh, within other administration uh, other agencies and it was just the ultimate a team can I say yeah, that yeah, Maybe I start yeah you can't but man it was uh, everybody wanted to serve with Haley and he he spun his Rolodex and it was it was magic. The well, magic like he said, it, like he said in his book, and like he said on the show a couple of times when he and I visited, uh, Musgrove said of him that the fact that he had those political connections from his lobbying work was a bad thing. And he said, "Boy, in the wake of Katrina, it, it turned out to be the most important thing." Absolutely. <laughs> he, did, he yeah. uh, you talk about Rolodex. I don't know if anyone's. His Rolodex is in his mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If anyone's got a thicker Rolodex than Haley yeah. Barber. Well, well, he, what I liked, uh, you know, we had been friends for years, you know, back in college, he, he ran for Senate against uh, John Stennis. And I was a college Republican at, at Ole Miss and worked on his campaign uh, locally. And that, that's where I officially met him. And then I, during the Reagan Bush campaign, right out of college, as a field rep, Haley was a national committeeman, and I met him again during that campaign. And then when I served in Washington, D.C. under George Herbert Walker Bush, Haley was going into, at that time, uh, the, his years as RNC chairman. And so back and forth, flying back and forth to Jackson, just just stayed in touch through all its time. And I just told him if he ever ran for governor, I would love to Come home, whatever I was doing, and hey, work on his campaign. Yeah, hey, one other one other thing, because we could we could literally talk the rest of the show about your connection with the Bushes and your travels around the world, and how how Haley sort of measures up in, in that group of people, which I have a sense of what you would say about that. In my conversation with Haley, though, some of some of the most interesting. I mean, he, this guy's a walking history book, and when he would talk about when he was doing policy for Reagan. 
and uh, he would have the opportunity to be present when the only people in the room was Tip O'Neill, Ronald Reagan, and himself, and what he learned by watching these two men, you know, just both of them statesmen, you know, but one a Democrat, the other Republican, the way they could, uh, you know, sit down and sort of let their hair down and have a drink and, and visit. I wish we could bring that back to the Amen. world, this 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 gravitas, this ability to have a relationship, this ability to work together. We're so darn polarized. But you you actually got to see the White House operate in a time when, you know, things are always going to be polarizing, but there could be we could work together. You got to see that, didn't you? Absolutely. And it was just a different world. There wasn't the phone. There wasn't uh, uh, actually during during the George Herbert Walker years, um, the 24 hour news network started. And so uh, but up to that first year or so, it did not. So it was, you know, look, we're going to have a press conference next week at Tuesday night at six. Yeah. <laughs> That's the story for a week. You know, there's breaking news and there are only three channels that would were covering it, maybe four. And it, it was just a different world for news. And and but people didn't have expectations. They didn't have the. The camera on their phone, uh, the social media—they they didn't have those options. So the world was different. Uh, so the world is different now. And so how do we handle it? How do we uh, approach it? And, and I sure, I sure miss the old world. I really do. Where words really meant something, and not every five minutes someone's sending a text or uh, you know doing sending out a post where where, where you had a message of the day. And our message of the week, where 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 presidents would give a radio address from Camp David on Saturday morning, and people around the world listen to that, you know, summary for the week. So I, yes, I'm old school, but I I think old school was good, and I think yeah, America, I think old school is when democracy worked its best. I, yeah. I I ran across a quote from Lady Bird Johnson recently. I actually I'll share it on a, on a future show, but it said that something like the clash of ideas is the sound of freedom. And, you know, that's true. That, that it's, so it's good that we have a clash of ideas. But the world the world has become so polarizing beyond just ideas. And it's uh, you don't know what to believe anymore. Uh, certainly social media. that You mentioned the phone. It's, it's amazing for me to still think about that uh, Steve Jobs introduced the iPhone in 2007 <laughs> after yeah. Katrina. Yeah. And all this has happened since then. It's, God dang, man. It's hard to get your head around that, isn't it? That's right. That, that, that's right. And, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll segue our conversation back to tourism and how, how tourism has changed. Yeah, let's do uh, this. We'll talk yeah. about that. In fact, at, at the beginning of the next segment, let's real quickly, let's get a plug in for the Palmer home and, what, and what's happening there so we don't lose that. And then we'll, we'll shift gears and talk about how tourism has changed over the years. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with uh, my friend Craig Ray. We'll see you after this. We'll look talk at about that. this when we get back, too. Wow, look at that. Okay, my own yeah. blues trail marker. Yeah, okay. We'll see you after this. Subscribe for free to the Ricky Matthews Show podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Reminding you why we all love living in coastal Mississippi. It's the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1. 
Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show. We're visiting with my friend Craig Ray. Gosh, there's so much to talk about. When, when Craig and I get together, I never know where the conversation is going to go. But before we get too far off the beaten path, and I want to come back and talk about tourism here shortly, let's uh, let's uh, mention this incredibly important telethon, uh, radiothon that's going to take place tomorrow. The uh, for the Palmer Home. You know, we've been doing this at at Super Talk for years. What an amazing effort that is, isn't it, Craig? Well, it's it's an unbelievable organization, and what Super Talk has done through this radiothon has been just short of amazing. And uh, if you're familiar with the story, my dad uh, worked. My late father uh, worked for Palmer Home, and Dad was a, a big uh, radio show hound. I mean, when he wasn't working, he li- he loved to listen to radio, whether it was sports or talk shows. And I had a relationship with, with Kim and Steve at the time through doing tourism and radio shows. And Dad had an idea to go to the Palmer home and just do a show for the day, uh, like a live remote there in Columbus, just to get to know uh, the program and good for the community and this idea. And when we went and met with Steve and, and, and Kim, Steve had this light bulb that went off. He said, you know what? Let's do more than that. Let's do a radiothon. And, and sight unseen, Steve had never even been there. He, my dad was a good salesman too. Uh, but he, he said, Let, let's, let's try a radiothon and raise some money for him. And Let's just go up for the whole day and do a do a show, so a live remote for the whole day, and that was that was the quick match that was lit, and it was such a huge success. We thought we might raise ten thousand dollars. We had no idea what we would do, and I think the the first year we were close to a hundred thousand dollars that was raised, and it was just this unbelievable moment. And this is the eleventh year, I believe, raised over a million dollars now. And what what a great program and what uh, Steve and Kim and the whole team, all of y'all at Super Talk have done to carry this forward is, is amazing. I mean, it's yeah. our own little St. Jude's, you know. <laughs> well, hey, I would say to you, uh, Craig Ray, thank you and your father, your late father. Thank you for sort of shepherding the spark and enabling uh, Super Talk to be part of this. And the truth is that it has been. Uh, a, a years-long commitment from Kim and Steve and the team. They believe in it to their depths of their soul. I, th- I had the conversation with Drake Bass, the president and CEO of Palmer, uh, last week. And one of the things I said to, to Drake is that the work that Palmer Home does with foster children, to me, is a barometer. It's a barometer to the condition that exists in Mississippi, whether it be you know, child trafficking, oftentimes, you know, child trafficking is not something that happens in a faraway land. It can happen in your own neighborhood. It can happen sure. with a family member. That's right. Or it could be, you know, alcoholism or drug abuse or just a torn family. I mean, there's, but what, what, what often is, is involved in that is that, you know, you, you've got uh, over 500,000 people in the state of Mississippi live in poverty. And uh, when you look at average household income, and there, you know, there's, there are a lot of people who live on the edge. And then when you factor in the pandemic and other stresses on families, you, you know, you can look to something like the Palmer home and say, okay, how are we doing? And you can see, you got to look at it and you got to focus on it. And by, by, by super talk, focusing on it for an entire day, it gives people a chance to see 
We've got work to do in this state. We've got to work harder to help help families, to help children. And Palmer Home has become more than just helping foster children. It's, it's become sort of this barometer to why we all have to pay attention to this, it, hasn't it? It really has. I didn't know. I, my father worked for them. He raised money. He was one of their fundraisers. He was in charge of city of Jackson down to the coast was his territory. And, and he loved every minute of his work and, and for the cause. And, and, but I'm telling you what this program has done to raise the awareness of the problem, not just what the Palmer home does, but yes. the problem in Mississippi and in the world and, and, and the, the power of the voice, the power of the microphone, um, and 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 for people to listen to the stories, my daughter for her fourth year, she's an intern at Super Talk this summer, and she specifically works around the time of the radiothon. So she's there today, and their lineup guest, and and she so excited. She came home. Uh, let's see, today's Tuesday. Yesterday, so they have seven of the kids lined up. It's the most they've ever had from the Palmer home that are going to come on the air and tell their story. And, and that's what it's all about. It, it's not yeah. hearing the you and the me and the Drakes. and It's, it's hearing these kids say, man, I was nowhere yeah. before this. I mean, I have yeah. a light at the end of my tunnel, and and I have hope, and I have a parents here that are helping me. And it, it's it's just there's nothing bad about any of this. It's all good, and and and, and I just I think it's – one of the best things we do here in the state. Dude, this is a this is something I read when I was with uh, Drake, and you'll it'll touch you, I, I bet. But here's what it says: If I ha- if I had my child to raise over again, I'd build self esteem first and the house later. I'd finger paint more and point the finger less. I'd be less correcting and more connecting. I'd take my eyes off my watch and watch with my eyes. I'd take more hikes and fly more kites. I'd stop playing serious and seriously play. I would run through more fields and gaze at more stars. I'd, I'd do more hugging and less tugging. Now, what the point I want to make about this, this quote from Diane Lumens is that that's of a parent that's there. You know, yeah. so many of the kids at Palmer Home is involved in have parents that either are not there or who are struggling mightily. Right. And that's where the Palmer home comes in. But, I mean, imagine a child being raised without a, a stable home. And what Palmer home creates for children is a stable environment. And they're so scarred and so troubled when they come there and they have so much work to do. And to hear the stories of redemption in these children, it's amazing to, to see the good work that they're doing. Well, it's amazing. And it's if you've ever had a chance, I mean, you're doing this over the radio, but to you ought to go to a radiothon and be there and, and meet these kids and yes. see them and and do the hugging and and touching and and feeling with with them because it's um, the the success that the, that the, that the Palmer Home has and it, it's just uh, it's life changing. Really hey, listen, a real quick side note. The Sound of Freedom is this movie's out now. People, Most people know about it. What's interesting about the liberal press is they want to they somehow match it up with QAnon as if this is some big conspiracy theory. And I had Sean Tindall. Sean Tindall and I had a discussion this morning. My wife and I talked about it as well. There's some truth to this film. and But see, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much truth there is to the film. What it does is it brings light to the, to the plight of children. Now, whether this is 
is in a neighborhood or whether it's in some far away land, the 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 anything that the that the film could do to bring attention to the 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 terrible situation around child trafficking, that's a good thing. And why I don't know why the liberal press wants to make that somehow a bad thing it amazes me. The world we live in that comes back to sort of the polarization that right. we everything gets polarized. It's sad, actually, very sad. Anyway, thank you for for sort of shepherding the spark on that. That's inc- that's an incredible story. So, uh, boy, tourism has changed as well hasn't it it has it's just everything we've just talked about here today too with the uh with the phone and the texting and social media and digital marketing and and the uh the growth of international travel uh the 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 culinary experience the music tourism all the things that have really played in our wheelhouse here in mississippi but just the the world uh will always, everybody, we all want to travel. And, yeah. and that, that will never end. It's just which way, how we get there, how it's how the stories are told will continue to change. But at the same time, it still comes back to the, the basic, uh, for us in Mississippi, it's our heritage, it's our culture, it's we're, we're the birthplace of music. Uh, culinary, the beaches, uh, the story of the casinos, our outdoor culture that you preach on your show. Um, that's us. That's Mississippi. We, we're we not trying to compete with other states. We are being who we are and we're promoting who we are. And we're very successful. You know, the second we try to start to compete with states like Texas and others, you know, that's not tourism. We just keep being who we are and doing what we're doing. We're, we're going to do great. I agree, and our and our secret formula is our people. I'm going to send you a conversation that I had last week with a uh, woman by the name of Cece Shabazz, and she used to work with me at the Sun Herald. She's an African American creative genius. She actually works with uh, with Memorial uh, Health Systems on the coast uh, here. But one of her pet peeves is that we've got to do better at the brand of Mississippi because. You know, people see a divided state, and certainly we have our civil rights history, but to some extent, our history helped us come to grips with a lot of that. And we, one of the points we made is after the tornadoes in the lower delta recently, we got a chance to see what it looks like when the heart and soul of Mississippian shines, whether you're white or black, Democrat or Republican, people came together. And that's the point she's making is that we've got a, that's our, that's our, that's our competitive advantage. When we come back on the other side, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that, and we'll look back also at some some of the the high points of Craig Ray's uh, tenure at Visit Mississippi. We'll see you after this. You can also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is the Ricky Matthew Show on Super Talk Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to the final segment of uh, the Ricky Matthew Show with my friend Craig Ray, formerly the executive director for Visit Mississippi. 
You know, if you go back and look at at, uh, at Craig's tenure at Visit, Visit Mississippi, it's uh, it's been dynamic. I mean, we've had tremendous shit. We've had entire shows that just focused on the various markers that you know Mississippi is the home of American music, and we can clearly make that claim. And it's amazing what we've done with markers, the Blues Trail, the the other trails that we have. Uh, as Craig has said many times in the past, it's the largest open air museum in America. When you look back at your tenure, if you if you should look at the numbers prior to Katrina, excuse me, prior to COVID. We were on a roll, weren't we, uh, Craig? Oh, it, it was the best ever. And this was even before we had our dedicated funding, which is now averaging about $1.4 million a month that we use for advertising. So we, we were working off like a $2 million budget. And so to put all that together, working together, co-ops, working with the casino industry, working CBBs, and all of our marketing and advertising together and promoting our state worldwide, we were at record numbers, 24.7 million visitors, 185,000 international visitors, which represents about close to $300 million in expenditures, and then 6.87 billion dollars in expenditures from those travelers uh, and record years for gaming at that time. So, yeah, we were uh, pre-COVID, we were had rebounded from Katrina. We're, we're moving forward. The flag hadn't even been changed yet. <laughs> we were we were promoting Mississippi. We were and leading the way was uh, music, tourism, culinary and and gaming. Yeah, you know, since you mentioned the flag and, of course, the new state song, uh, the I think changing those are important because it, it kind of takes it off the table as a future issue, especially right. in this sort of divided world that we're in right now. It just takes it off. To, and I think our leaders did a great job of working through that. Anyone who would want to set us back on that, it's amazing to me. Because, it, you know, whether you, whether you, you know, you may have your reasons for wanting to keep the state flag, but what we have to focus on from a tourism point of view is the perception of the rest of the world. And, and the energy building around that flag externally is not a good thing for Mississippi. And the fact that we acted on it the way we did, we put it to bed. And now we've got a flag that we can all be proud of. And it's exciting. And it's a new state song by our friend Steve Azar, One Mississippi. Right. Well, you know, One Mississippi, which is the theme song for Super Talk Outdoors. He, he was actually passing through recently from, uh, from uh, Florida. And uh, he was listening to Super Talk, and this, and it was on a Monday at noon because that's when the Super Talk Outdoor Show came on. Right. He said he sends me a note. He said, "We're driving through and we're listening to my song." And gosh, does it fit with outdoors? And what a great guy! You know that that partnership you developed with Steve Azar has been so important to our state, hasn't it? It has, and I I had my doubts in the beginning of handling an artist. Uh, that I would be assigned to 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 work through this process, but he he was made for that position. He's uh, and in that role of ambassador, the only uh, I, I'm fortunate to meet two other people that uh, at that time were living and one still is that are in that level for the state of Mississippi. Hardworking support. It was BB King and Marty Stewart. Yes. And, yes. and 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 uh, and Steve is right in there, just never going to outwork the guy and has so much passion for what he does and love for the state. And it, it's just amazing. And, and now we ended up being best friends, you know, through all this and will be 
uh, and I continue to support everything that he's doing at as the state house. But he, he was I was so proud of him with with the song. We had tasked him to write something. It we didn't have to make it what it is. It was a great song. I mean, it was a great song. And there have been many songs written for Mississippi, and they're all good. But this happens to be the one that is chosen to be the state song right now. And and Steve's uh, uh, passion to, to make it a big deal. It, it is a big deal to have a new flag. It is a big deal to have especially a new song coming from the old song that we had. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You yeah, know, I've told that uh, history here on the show before. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yes. But it's not just a state song like, oh, yeah, that's the Iowa song. That's the Michigan song. His song is it's a great song. I mean, it, it, it I don't know where it ended up on the charts, but it's something to be proud of that we can use like on your show for jingles. And it's it's a great it's built with great one liners for the state. Yeah, and you know, and he, again, he, uh, you pointed this out, but he's a he's a wonderful ambassador, and what he what he brings to the table in country music and sort of a Delta blues perspective, his connection to the blues and the Delta, uh, the fact that BB King's band, the the Kingsmen, back him up on a regular basis, and the documentary they did is, is you know there's something in the water it gives you a real good sense of that. In fact, people can see that free on YouTube. You get a good sense of all of that, but. Listen, uh, we're going to have to come back together again. I, I would love to, uh, to we, we, you know, we still have to talk about and share your stories of being with the president during some really important historical times in our country. Um, we haven't circled back on that. We talked about the Queen and yep. your your advance work when uh, when President Bush met with the Queen, but uh, we've got more work to do to share share more stories that you had to share. So I can't wait to have you back on, my friend. Well, I have a lot more free time on my hands right now, <laughs> and I have a lot of stories to share. And I would, I know, I would be man. honored I can't to wait. come back. I can't wait. This has been uh, Craig Ray, formerly of uh, Visit Mississippi, and my dear friend. It's been a pleasure. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.